0: Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 975, the Sports Zone.
1: 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Hey, it's a win ticket Wednesday. Your chance to win tickets right now to the Doobie Brothers. Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater coming up on August 30th. Listen to KSL Sports Zone all day today for your chance to win, including right now. 801 575 Zone. That's 801 575 Zone. This would be a great concert. 575 zone. Get those tickets right now.
2: I can see Jake Scott front row.
1: Oh yeah, this would be right up Jake's alley. Yeah. Jake would love the lay love to see the Doobie Brothers. Yeah, for sure. For multiple different reasons.
2: Uh that's about all that I could see I'm wanting to go to that. I, I, Jake Scott. I can see PK. Do you think PK? PK might be a Doobie Brothers. Oh, he's guy. into this new classic country stuff. He's been chasing the Zach Brown band around the country.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, or no, it's uh, oh, what is it? I forget. What's the name of that band? PK. I thought is it was the, the Zach Brown the band. Fra- it's not Zach Brown. It's like oh no, it's like Diamond Rio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <okay>. uh, <laughs>
1: it's like Old Faithful, or I don't know what the name of the. Stupid oh, band. Old, uh, old Dominion. Old Dominion. There you go.
2: Yeah, that's who he's chasing around. Yeah, Dominion yeah. Energy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a. That's who they that really. Yeah. Okay. Well. I love PK, so I respect his decision. All right, joining
1: us now is Kurt Helan, NBC Sports ProBasketballTalk dot Finally, the All Star Game is in the rearview mirror. We'll get games underway. Jazz back in action coming up tomorrow. Kurt, how you doing, man? Hey, Kurt.
3: I'm doing good. How's it going, gentlemen?
1: Good. How did uh, How did Indianapolis treat you for the All Star Game?
3: It was good. It was good. It was um, well they had some traffic issues and I think it, the city can generally handle it. I think but it was, they just got a cold snap. And so you got stuck in the traffic cause you didn't want to walk it. And it was like highs of 22 one day and I think 17 another one, like it was just cold. So, but all in all, it was fine. I mean, it, 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 it went well, Indianapolis is a nice city. And, and, and uh, I like Gingrich field, Gingrich field house. Like it's, it's, it's got some. It, they've, they've done a good job with the history of the game around that around that facility. So,
2: all right. I want you to forget what market you're talking in right now, but who won it between the two, Indy and Salt Lake City last year?
3: Oh, so I think Salt Lake. I, I, Salt Lake was smoother. It just part of that again. I think was it was it wasn't necessarily warm there, but it wasn't like freezing. But that helped. But you also just didn't have, like, you got on the media bus to go to something, it got you right there as opposed to, um, I, it, it, these are first world problems, but, like, it was, the media buses kept, like, getting you halfway there and saying, get out and walk. I'm like, right. so.
1: <laughs> Plus, you didn't have Fat Boy Ice Creams there in Indianapolis either. I did
3: not. I did not. It, it, there was not as much, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there was not as much, like, and I don't mean this in a negative way, there wasn't as much promotion of, like, Indianapolis businesses, right? I thought they were really good about that in Salt Lake. Like, hey, we've got crumble cookies. Hey, we've got, I'm going to go suddenly blank on the name of the backpack maker. Like, there was all this kind of cool, like, hey, these are the Utah companies. These companies are based in Salt Lake. You should know about them. And there really wasn't as much of that. It was much more of the national corporate stuff in Mm. in Indianapolis.
1: So... Is there a strong desire to try to fix the All-Star game? Because, you know, people complain and like, okay, nobody cares and there's no effort there. And the NFL, they took that really seriously a couple of years ago to the point where they let Peyton and Eli completely redesign the thing. Is there a, I mean, obviously there's complaints about it, but does Adam Silver recognize it and is it something that he wants to change and is, and is it even possible to change?
3: I don't think it's possible, but I, I, they did want – like they – this was the year and you could tell how unhappy he was when he was handing out the trophy after the game with his kind of, well, you scored the most points kind of like just gritting his teeth. They had talked to players. They had had the players union head, which is Andre Iguodala now talk to players and say, man, let's have some effort. Let's have, let's, let's play some defense. Let's make this a little more interesting. And it wasn't. And I don't know. I, 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 I just think in, this isn't even an NBA thing. It's, you're going to have to do what the NFL did, what the NHL has done too. I mean, they they run what a, a bunch of guys in three-on-three tournaments that are you know isn't really representing. Like, I think you're almost better off personally. Name your all-stars, but then run Saturday night as Sunday is the big thing. Have the skills competition, add a little bit to that stuff, and you know make that the night. I mean, all anybody wanted to talk about out there was Sabrina versus Steph like that was the topic
2: is there more to build off of that if that's going to be the topic if that grabbed the attention because i would say it was that and maybe the puka nukua dunk are the only two things that really stood out to me (laughs) but um if that's going to draw the interest can you build more around that getting the wnba in some way competition with the nba I i don't know
3: I think they can. I think next year they've already talked with Stefan and Sabrina had talked about this and clearly um, they've thought about this a little bit about adding a player or to or making it work. And, and the obvious, you know, I don't know if she's going pro, I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on there, but like if Caitlin Clark were in the WNBA, that's a like a hand in glove fit, right? Like it just plunge right in. Um, and you can make it two on two or three on three or something like that. Um It'd be fun that way, but I don't know how far you can take that. Um, remember, they used to have a shooting competition that ended with, like, half-court shots, and it was one – you'd pick a team. Like, if it was the Jazz, it was one active Jazz player, one legendary Jazz player, and then one WNBA player from from that market. And they used to have the shooting competition, and they kind of went away from that. But, like, if you're just going to make that Saturday night the thing, you could go back to something like that and help – promote the WNBA a
1: little we need the old rock and jock game back with uh, Dan yeah, Cortez and the uh you know the uh <laughs> the uh what yeah. was it the 40 point shot or something like that
3: yeah that'll the fix it jock, I, I went to the softball one of those once. that was spectacular that <laughs> was um they did that not far from where I lived we live in Long Beach and, and uh I'd gone to cover it and that was that was fun to watch that, those guys were having a blast and then the funny thing was, like, all these guys are out there, and they're trying hard. And then they had Ozzie Smith, like, at his peak. I and mean, probably past his peak. But Ozzie Smith at shortstop from the Cardinals. And there's a grounder to him. And, like, you watch professional. And it's true with basketball players shooting or whatever. You watch professional, like, scoop up a ground ball and throw it to first. And it's just art and effortless and smooth, one quick motion that is so practiced but doesn't look that way. And you're like it's just fun to watch
1: we spent a good chunk of time yesterday on the show talking about minnesota the timberwolves uh can they compete for a western conference uh, championship uh your thoughts on the timberwolves with a good chance to lock up a one seed going into the playoffs are you buying stock in them as a potential team coming out of the west
3: no not coming out of the west i think they can make the second round for sure, and maybe the conference finals. It's a little bit matchup dependent. I'm, I'm also just look. Anthony Edwards hasn't been there before, so I do want to see what that looks. You know, hasn't? I mean, like, he's he's actually had good playoffs, but like as a team, he's young. This hasn't they haven't been there. Towns um, really doesn't have great playoff experience, and I'm really curious. Like I, look, I know what Denver is. I'm really not worried about the Clippers, even though they have. Even with their history, like if they get in healthy with those four guys, th- there's there's playoff knowledge there, right? But uh, man, I can pull you, you've you've seen it before. Like if they've got two bigs on the floor and Rudy doesn't really defend, I mean, or, I mean, the Towns doesn't really defend, and I can pull Rudy out of the middle with with a stretch lineup. Like I think there's ways to attack them where I think the other teams are a little more balanced. So we'll see. I don't think they can make the conference finals, but I think second round is, is well within grasp. I, I think it's just a matter of matchups in the first round. Like the Lakers and Warriors should worry some of those a couple of those teams because those, those veteran know-how-to-win teams, especially somebody like the Lakers who can kind of bully, has, have the size to hang with Minnesota and, and bully them a little bit. Um, that might be a problem.
2: Kurt, have we ever seen two NBA coaches fired from the same team in a single season? Because I, Doc Rivers now at three and seven and things getting awkward in Milwaukee. Have we ever seen it? And, and would it be possible that Milwaukee's like, oh, yeah, we made another mistake. And now they fired Adrian Griffin, Doc Rivers, and they've got a third hire? Is that even possible?
3: It's not going to happen just because they're paying Doc. 40 million or like, like the contract's guaranteed for, you know, maybe, maybe not all of it. Maybe that last year, isn't or something? I don't know the details of his contract, but he would be, they're already paying Budenholzer and Griffin and they're not going to pay a fourth coach. Um, It would be a bit pricey. Um, Also uh, just talking to people around the league, but also it's not as bad. I know that the record looks bad. But Minnesota's defense since Doc arrived has been pretty good. Like around, I think they're tenth in the league over those last ten games, or eleventh in the league, something like that. The offense will come around. They will score points with Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and, and Damian Lillard, and they got to get Chris Middleton healthy. If the defense is, is, if the offense is elite, and that defense can hang around tenth, they're a threat. And I think that that's what they're seeing and expecting. They're I'm just talking to people. They're pretty optimistic that this is going to turn around for them over the over the final months.
1: So, when you look at the West, who's the team that challenges? Because I think Denver, look, like, you know, they're hanging in the four seed. I and mean, let's be honest, they'll flip. They'll, they'll, you know, they're just laying low and ready to flip the switch. <laughs> who's the team that you feel like challenges them the most in the West?
3: The Clippers. Um, and you're right, by the way. Denver couldn't care less whether there's are the three or four seed or not. Like, I think Minnesota and Oklahoma City will probably push to get those higher seeds. Um, but the Clippers are the one team with a balanced roster. They can they can go big. They can go small. Um, they've got good talent off the bench with the Westbrook, Prince Energy, but they've got Norman Powell there too. Remember, um, really smart coach in Ty Lue they're if they're healthy, I, I I think yeah, there's the Paul George's head his struggles in the playoffs and, and so has James Harden. But they don't really have to be that guy if Kawhi can be if Kawhi can be close to close to Toronto, Kawhi, and they just need those guys every now and then. And the night that Harden's off, that's okay. They've got other guys and they seem I'll just say internally the vibe around them right now is really different. Like this is a I, I wrote about it with the story up at plugging myself. Story up at NBC Sports this morning with, with Paul George. Um that I got an exclusive chance to talk to him out in Indianapolis. And they just feel differently about this. Like they really feel like they've got something. And the vibe is just different than previous years. So we'll see if that manifests. We'll see if, if Kawhi can stay healthy. Um but I think that they are the team best built to challenge Denver, who's not as deep like they as they were last year. They do miss Bruce Brown a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, they have Jokic and Murray. And then um, until somebody figures out how to stop that two-man game, they're, they're the team to beat.
2: So the Los Angeles Lakers go on and win the first in-season tournament. I, I don't know if it was – it mattered more to LeBron and not as much to others. Maybe others didn't even realize they're playing in-tournament games. I don't know. But yeah. the, the Lakers win that in-season tournament. Does that reflect at all on when LeBron wants it, he can go get it? When the Lakers want it, they can go get it? I think it
3: does, actually. I think that they are capable of short bursts. And that tournament, remember, you're not playing the same team every night, right? And and, and they're not gearing up for you, and you don't have to do it you know, you get to that. The games were kind of spread out, right? And you get to that final four, and it was two games over two nights. It's not, you know, doing it from multiple rounds of the playoffs. But that said, I think the Lakers are capable, especially with the right matchup, of being really dangerous. They've they've got some guys who can create a little. Um, D'Angelo Russell has his ups and downs, but he can get you some points. Anthony Davis, when he's on, is as good a defender as there is in the league. LeBron can dial it up for a stretch, and if they can just get some other guys to be hot, they find they've kind of finally leaned into their big lineups with Rui Hachimura on it. And I, I genuinely think, especially if they get somebody, if they get Oklahoma City in the first round. Like, I love Chet. He's going to be Chet Holmgren's going to be great, but um, he is not physically ready to stop Anthony Davis in the post yet. No. And and I think the Lakers could push them around a little bit.
1: Who's your rookie of the year right now?
3: Wemby. Uh, it was Chet early, but uh, Wemby Yama's just come on and been so special and, and is having to carry a very different load than Wemby because he's asked to do a lot more with that team. But once they took the training wheels off of him and started... All right, we're going to... i going to end the Jeremy Sohan at point experiment. Thank God. It was, it was hard <laughs> to watch. Um... Remember they used to, and they also tried to play him more as a four with Zach Collins five for a long time. They finally just took the train wheels off and said, "All right, let's just play, let's just play him at the five and have him handle the ball some and do that." And once they did that, he's he's really been impressive, like a twenty ten kind of guy. So he's he's the rookie of the year. He's he's the best player. And Holmgren's Holmgren's been fantastic. He's just I don't think he's quite as good, and he's also has the advantage of like a very clearly defined role from day one you, you look good playing next to Shea I'd look good playing next to Shea
1: that's true uh you, you know you go back to San Antonio and you know 11 wins and I mean they're a mess right now uh how much does Greg Popovich have left in the tank and there's you know Greg was like the gold standard for so many years yeah. and 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 you know to a certain extent he still is but look I mean you can go through and 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 he you know, there's some issues there, and 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 I think that there's some concern. I, 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 is San Antonio ready to turn the page? Is He ready to shut it down? Does he want to keep going now that he's got Wemby? Like, what's the future there in San Antonio?
3: That's a really good question because it's it's come up that he's lost a little bit of his fastball or, or what have you. It's been very good, I think, Wemby this year, this first year to have his kind of like he likes to teach. He's also focused on the person as more than just, you know, the X's and O's of the game. So I think that that was probably good for his introduction, but how long they can keep this up is something people have asked. And, and with that, like, who's next? And I think that's, that's a really interesting question for them, because right now, Mike Budenholzer is available, who was at his right-hand side for a long time, and then has proven, you know, he's won a championship, he's been a very good coach. The Nets might. Like, he's the name everybody talks about getting the Brooklyn Nets job. Um, and if he gets the Brooklyn Nets job, then where do the you know, where do the Spurs go? I think they have some stuff to figure out. And and at the end of the day though, guys, Greg Popovich gets to decide when Greg Popovich retires. So I, I, whatever he wants to do, he gets to do.
2: <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. Probably yeah. he's probably earned that right. Uh, Kurt the Utah Jazz were able to get themselves into the first round. Uh, I know that they've moved their first pick, but they've picked up a couple of first rounders. Looks like it might be like the 28th and 30th picks yeah. in the first round. I, I know that you're not exactly you know pay all the attention to the NBA draft, but just how weak is this draft expected to be? What what are you hearing about the talent that will be available?
3: By that point, you can get some guys who you might be able to fit into the rotation, which is kind of always what you're getting at the end of the first round. You're hoping in a couple of years you can develop them into rotation players. Where this draft lacks is at the top. There's one beyond is a bad example, but there's not a home either. There's not a, there's not Anthony Edwards at the top of this draft. Um, There's nobody of that caliber and, so what you're getting, the way it was put to me, is what you're getting with the number one pick is the guy who's normally fifth, sixth. You know, it's just you're not getting that top of the at the top, and everything kind of trickles down from there. By the way, we've said that before. 2013 draft. Oh my gosh, Anthony Edwards, and then the best guy at the top was probably Victor Oladipo, and he went second. Yeah, that draft also had Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. further down, and it had C.J. McCollum. It was like. Uh, Rudy O'Bear was in that draft. Like, there will be guys. It's just there's not a standout obvious guy at the top. Um, But by the time you're drafting, you can get somebody who you can develop, you know, hopefully into a rotation player in a couple years. There's just not going to be a guy who can walk in the door this year and and make a difference.
1: Well, let's uh, let's peek ahead to the next year. Are you buying stock into the uh, Cooper flag hype?
3: I am not, you know, like you said, I'm not a scout. I will say this. Kevin Durant's really high on him. And I trust Kevin Durant's eyes pretty much. Durant was really impressed with him. Um, I haven't seen him play in person, but the stuff I've seen, uh, he's, he fits that modern style play, right? He's six, I want to say six, nine or six ten. fluid. can shoot from the outside, can get inside, has all the moves. So like, there's a lot to like there. Um, I, I'm not smart enough to know whether he's a franchise caliber guy or not, but uh, but people who are smarter than I seem to think he he, he is or could be. Hmm.
1: Well, Kurt, we appreciate it as always. It'll be fun to actually talk about real games again now that the All Star uh, break is over, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks for your time. You're
2: the best, There
1: he is, Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports ProBasketballTalk.com, dot com joins us every week right here on the Zone.
2: I love it because we can ask him anything. And I thought his rookie of the year conversation was interesting. Thought it was Scoot. He said he thought it was Scoot, right? And then as the seasons progressed
1: he's No, he thought it was uh uh Chet. Oh, Chet. That's and then uh and that, then now it's all Wemby. Wow, that's right.
2: I always I always forget Chet's is considered a rookie, but then he's gone to Wimby. Yeah, probably should be. But it's really hard to give rookie of the year to a guy that's lost as much.
1: I know, eleven wins lost. on the season?
2: His numbers are wild, but the losses have have really mounted.
1: San Antonio 11-44, and 44, third, third worst record in the league. Worst in the West. Only Washington with nine wins and Detroit with eight wins are behind them.
2: Which is crazy that you can find any team that's got it worse than 11-44. and 44, I know, right? But you do find two of them. They reside all the way back east. Some bad teams in the league. All right.
1: We'll spin the wheel next. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, seven five, the EKSL sports zone.
0: This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson.
2: We're in Big 12 country now. You know what's really relevant in the Big 12? College basketball. And if the local programs can step up to the
3: competition level, man, we're in for college basketball being really relevant around here and hopefully to stay. And good for BYU for kicking in the door. I didn't think they'd beat Baylor in their first year. Baylor is a upper echelon program. And BYU's beating Baylor in their first year. Hats off to that program for meeting the challenge. Khalif, cool, obviously the big story with his best outing of the season and got BYU some easy baskets and then the other thing that BYU did very well is they won the math equation which is if you're going to let us hit 14 threes you're going to lose and that's a smart design from Mark Pope. There's a lot of good going down in Provo in the basketball department and got to give them credit. I 100% admit I was skeptical about it and what a year.
0: here Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. The wheel is loaded, and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: sports roulette we take some of the big storylines we have not had a chance to get to we put on our well lloyd spins it wherever that little white ball lands is what we end up talking about uh it's all brought to you by uccu love where you bank utah community credit union learn and earn with the app paying your family to learn about money again uccu happy wednesday everybody week's half over hands it's uh a lot of great college basketball last night. I know we spent a bunch of time talking about the first segment. If you missed any of our conversations, remember everything's available for you in podcasting form. All you have to do is search Hans and Scotty on your podcasting platform of choice, whether it be Spotify, Apple, whatever. Stitcher's gone. Stitcher's gone. I always got used to saying Stitcher, but uh It's gone. Toast.
2: Yeah, it's gone.
1: Rest in peace. That was your uh that's what you went to, right? That's what
2: I used to. Yep.
1: You uh you still listening to the uh true crime stuff?
2: Mm-mm. No. I gave up on uh on those all those podcast things. But because I when I listen back to our show or our station, any of our shows, I just go to the kslsports.com and I listen in the archives there.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you know if too. that's
2: how, is that how a lot of people do it? or do most, uh, people most people
1: are actually, when I look at the numbers, most people are on Apple. Use the iTunes, oh. or uh, not iTunes, but the Apple podcast.
2: It's always easiest for me just to pull up our archives and click on the show that I'm looking for in, in dialing up that interview. Well, it makes
1: it really easy. The best thing is there's multiple ways in which you can get them. Yeah. So we want to make sure you uh, you have them available for you. Feel free uh, to
3: rate the show, too. Yeah, like give, us get, too. Rate, give us yeah. a ratings, too. Uh, give us ratings. If you like employed. it.
1: Unless it, you don't like it, then don't don't give us a rating. But if you're listening, you
2: probably like it. Yeah, feel free. It does mean a lot to us.
1: Yeah, that helps us out. There's two things that will help us stay employed. Number one, listen to the podcast, stream the show, and then uh, you know, check us out on the old Instagram and uh, the socials. That helps us out too. Yeah, it does. Because you know, we got mortgages. We're hands and I scraping by.
2: And we, we like bringing you the sports news. We'll keep doing this for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, Lloyd, fire up that wheel.
2: The excuses are mounting. What a drama this is all becoming. It's been, it's starting, it's leaking into current players, and it's going to former players. J.J. Reddick has stirred up a Hornet's Nest. Or I guess maybe we could say Doc Rivers has stirred up a Hornet's Nest because he continues to make up excuses. I just brought it up with Kurt Heelan. Doc Rivers is three and seven since the Bucks fired Adrian Griffin and brought in Doc. They're three and seven. Yeah. And Doc has had a couple of comments that leave you scratching your head. He said, Yeah, it's been a lot more difficult than I thought, coming in and taking over the Bucks, which it's like, man, come on, man. Uh-huh. You've got superstars over there. And then he made the comment that he said some of the guys are here and some of the guys are in Cabo. Kind of putting it on the players like, yes, some of our guys are here, but some Ooh, of them are vacationing. It
1: doesn't
2: go over well. Oh, no, 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 no. And it didn't go over well for J.J. Redick. So J.J. Redick fired a couple of shots across Doc Rivers' bow.
3: I've seen the trend for years. What's the trend? The trend
0: is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm -hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's just no (laughs) There's never accountability with that guy. There's never accountability.
2: Ooh.
1: Uh, you know, I used to really like J.J. Reddick when he burst out on the scene. And now I'm getting, now he's like, he's got a little Skip Bayless to him now. Now he's like really over the top, has to be like crazy opinion. You know, it's okay to just have a normal conversation about somebody and not come in with a flamethrower on everything.
2: Okay, so it's interesting you bring this up because J.J. Reddick just tweeted this out. He said, I basically broke down every one of Zion Williamson's games for the last X amount of time and I got 53,000 views. He said, I, I dropped one comment on an opinion at a coach, and I've got tens of millions. He said, so you tell me what to do with my time.
1: Yeah,
2: eh, he's got a point, you know. <laughs> and it's the conversation that the three of us have had. Yeah. Like, how bombastic do we want to get? How crazy do we want to get? Because we could sit here and spew filth on the mic, and we could burn down houses, and we could say the things that we know internally. And we could go after people and attack them personally. Yes, and we could get listeners. Oh yeah, we could get views. But it's like, at what expense? At what cost? Because now look at your perception of JJ.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think less of him now than I have.
2: And see, I look at Reddick and I'm like, the guy's just doing what he's got to do to. Yeah, make, and that's
1: make- and, and that's the thing. Like I, you know, you can hate on Stephen A. Smith, you can hate on Skip, you can hate, but guess what? Those two dudes are the highest paid at their individual organizations. And because why? Because they say crazy stuff, and it brings all the boys to the yard.
2: And Charles Barkley just the other day talked at the depth that he hates Skip Bayless. And guess what? I would take that same conversation from Charles Barkley if I was rolling in $100 million. Yeah. I, I would. I'd be like, Charles, talk away. Keep my name in your mouth, Charles. Yeah. Keep saying it out loud. Please do. And so sometimes I get frustrated with myself because that's what I do. I break down whistle pigs in offensive sets. That's what I do. I, I break down football games. I I do film that gets 600 views. I know I could crack this mic, and I know I could say something. bombastic. Oh, you I'm, and
1: I have had a plenty of off-air conversations about how we could get, yeah. you know, about stuff that we really truly believe, too.
2: And there's part of me that wants to do it. Now we may get some pushback from all kinds various. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a part of me that really wants to do it because I'm watching these guys earn enough money that they could buy our show and collapse it in a day. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets frustrating. So that tweet that he sent out was like I do that, I break down a lot of film. That's what I do. He broke down all Zion Williamson's film, and he said, yeah, that was great, man, 53,000 views. I say, I I tell my truth about Doc Rivers, I get tens of millions. So how are you going to spend your time? Because when the contract's up, and look at ESPN is burning down everybody. They have, they have opened up the pack of cigarettes, and they have fired it all up. Yeah. And there's only a few left standing, and it's the ones... That are standing high and throwing out these crazy comments. And then ESPN gets on their moral high horse and they're like, but look, look what we do. We're so cute. Look how we handle our responsibility. And it's like, nah, you, you're still the nah, bottom line you're, guy.
1: You're just, you're, you're yeah. as dirty as everybody else. You just like to pretend like you're not.
2: You know where you can hire and get away with it. Yeah. And you know where you can't hire and get away with it. You know where you got to put the money because that's where the money is made. Yeah. And you know where you can kind of filter the money and look like you're doing cute things and nice things. But I know what you are, ESPN. You are still a global conglomerate that is out for one thing and one thing only, and that's money.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, 100%. And the thing is, they're willing to look the other way when it's somebody who generates them revenue. Now, if you're a... Nobody, and you get a little salty about something on social media, then you're gone. But if you're bringing in revenue, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna have a chat with like the Pat McAfee thing." Pat put Norby Williamson on blast. The man, one of the men who run the entire organization, which, which felt really good to see it. Yeah, I did. I liked it. And and he put that dude on full out blast. And you know what happened? Like, well, it's an internal uh, situation. We'll handle it internally. Blah 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 blah
2: blah. That and one other thing. Ooh. Really? He can't wear sleeveless shirts. That's it. Yeah. And and I don't know if they're like, yeah, we're going to show you. Put sleeves on. Put sleeves on. Wait a
1: minute. That's what you're doing to him? Because if, you know, if 98% of the rest of ESPN does that, they're gone the next day. But yet Pat's making them money. Stephen A. Smith makes them money. I think
3: we need more sleeveless hands.
1: <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm serious. You I, think I'm, I, I'm, I'm being, I'm joking. I'm not really. Actually.
2: I got to build up the willpower to stop eating and cut these arms up a little bit. And then we'll go throw sleeveless on. So this has turned into Patrick Beverly now jumping in because he's jumping into the defense of Doc Rivers. He said, This man, Doc, actually saved your career, started you when no one else wanted to. And you retire and you go on TV and you say that. And he did tag JJ Reddick. And it's like, Hey, Pat, go ahead and shut your mouth, because as soon as you retire, as soon as you freaking retire, you're going to sit behind a desk and you're going to unveil it all Yeah. For the, for in the name of money. So shut your mouth
1: and know your role. Uh, J.J. Redick responded to that and said, Pat, my guy, I had a four-year offer with player option for the same money to be a starter for a different team. F-O-H, yeah. quote, saved my career. <laughs> Lloyd, what does F-O-H stand for? Fa- uh, forget. Wait,
2: H-O-F? Hall of Fame?
1: F-O-H, yeah.
2: F-O-H? Yeah. Fame F-O-H. of Hall?
1: Fame of Hall, yeah, that's
2: what it is. <laughs> what does it mean? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, uh, oh, I, so what? What are these Doc River comments? So he talked about. Uh, and I'm not sure what show he was surprised that the Bucks actually, oh. called him. Yeah, this, about about a job. This is the hiring process. Yeah, this
1: isn't great. This isn't a good look here.
2: So Doc Rivers addressed getting the call when they were going to fire Griffin and hire him. Personally, I you know I'll be honest. I, I told our owners uh, when they called, I said I think you. I don't understand why you're doing this, you know. Um, and they said, you know, one of the things they said was, well, it doesn't matter. We're, we've done it now, and um, we, we we want you. And, and so that was a tough one. I didn't. I, that was. That's where you had the hesitation. <laughs> so stupid. I, like wait, like I wouldn't have done it. I. This is one of those. Cover your butts. Oh, yeah, totally. Because I promise you, Doc called. I was like, I could do a way better job with this oh, team and this 100%. roster.
1: 100%. You know, Doc was like, hey, guess what? I'd really look coachy honest. And if I were doing this, I'd do this. If I were coach, I'd do this, this, this. And the owner's like, huh. Well, okay. You know what? And Maybe then, we should do something here.
2: And then Doc working it into the contract. Hey, remember, this was your idea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, sign it. Just sign it. Come coach for us. All right, sign it. Put a mic in front of him. Well, look, man, Adrian Griffin, he's a heck of a coach. He should probably still be coaching. I can't believe it. This caught me off guard. I'm surprised. If I'm ownership, I'm like, in a, screw the contract. You're a loudmouth idiot, and you're driving us in a deeper hole, and you begged for this job and told us that Adrian Griffin sucked. So why don't you come clean with it, old man? Yeah. And by the way, clean out your desk and get the hell out of here. Here's your $40 million. Well, that, that would be then
1: three head coaches that they would be buying out.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Milwaukee, and by the way, it's not like
1: they're printing money three, in Milwaukee. Three
2: either. head coaches; they'll bring in a third head coach,
1: and the freak is still gonna leave. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's the thing. They're they're in trouble, I, and yeah, freaks out for sure. All right, one more Lloyd, spin it.
2: Could get messy tonight.
1: Could get a little messy tonight. <laughs> For RSL. It's going to get messy. They're playing Inter-Miami. We talked to John Kimball yesterday. And uh, RSL opening up the season against Messi and Inter-Miami. Uh, Lloyd and I were talking to some guys around the office about what this game could look like. And uh, they said, you know what? Could be 3-0. Could be 2-1. 4-0. I don't know how much nutmegging is going to be going on tonight. 5-0. But it'll be interesting to see what happens.
2: Oh, they're gonna be nutmegging, but it's not gonna be on messy. Yeah, Hans and I got, we got learned on
1: some new terminology yesterday.
2: Yeah, we got learned. When you nutmeg somebody, that means taking the ball between their legs, making them look silly. Yeah. And uh Somebody's making...
1: gonna lose their job if they get nutmegged. Let's <laughs> just say that.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. Here's the deal. I really do want to see Jason Christ. Since his return, I want to see Christ just start to own it again and take the head coaching role and become everything he was for RSL. Because I understand that it's more of a feel-good moment and feel-good story, but Deloitte Hansen did win a championship. Yeah, with Jesus Christ. With Jesus Christ. Yeah. He did win a championship in conjunction with Garth loggerway was the GM Garth loggerway
1: yeah who I have so much respect for I and, love that guy
2: and I and I was trying to recall if that president was there I'm not going to mention mention his name because anyways uh those those were high times now major league soccers changed a lot since those days but when we were talking to John Kimball he said they've got 14 guys on roster with local ties, yeah. I mentioned the one that they signed out of Eagle Mountain. That's Eagle Mountain, Utah, not Eagle Mountain, New York. Which, by the way, every time I search Eagle Mountain real estate, it pulls up a thing. that's like twenty-four million dollars. I'm like, whoa! Things prices have gone crazy. And they're like, ah, oh, oh, damn, that's the. Eagle but Mountain,
1: but that York. is your plot.
2: <laughs> no, that is not my plot. <laughs> like, wow, my house is just outrageous. <laughs> that's New York. Yeah, that would be New York. Hands and Scotty,
1: 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. So, yeah, RSL, Inter-Miami. Should be a fun one tonight. And, uh, again, you'll hear all the action right here on The Zone. All right, take a break. Wrap this thing up next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
0: This is this is DJ and PK. Time to talk basketball with David Locke. How much do you think Colin Sexton has changed opinions about him this season?
3: Has any player changed opinions about him more in the NBA? Will already said sometimes you gotta learn from the player. And Colin Sexton's taught me more than any player I've ever coached in the sense that Will admitted, yeah, I was influenced by every story I heard, which was the fact that he was a ball hog and he put up points on a bad team and he didn't do anything for teammates. He's like, I've experienced nothing similar. He was the worst assist to usage rate player in the NBA for two years, basically, which means that the rate of assists the amount of times he shot was the lowest of any player in the league. That's a ball hug. That is not who we are seeing at all. Earlier this year, I made a comment to someone that I've never been around a player with better intentions with less chance of getting it done. And he proved me 100% wrong. <laughs>
0: Catch DJ and PK Mornings from 6 to 10 presented by Murdoch Hyundai Utah's number 1 Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row on 97.5 the KSL Sports show any part of the show. Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at KSLsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 975, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you will so much to give you the love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. See crazy, I don't care about that.
3: Put your hand my hand, baby. Don't ever look back. Let the world around us
0: just fall apart. Maybe we can make it if we're hard to
1: walk. All right, wrapping up another edition of the show, hands and Scotty. Back with you tomorrow as we finally get the NBA season back up and going. Uh, fun show today. If you missed any of it, Mark Harlan, really great conversation with him. That's available for you in podcast form. Uh, Kurt Heelan for his weekly conversation. So, uh, yeah, absolutely great, great conversations today. And uh, if you missed it, again, just search Hans and Scotty wherever you get your podcasts.
2: A couple of other things to keep in mind. We'll get you ready for the Utah Jazz Hornets game coming up tomorrow and Scotty, Lloyd, myself working on the 60 and 60 because we're not too far away. Sure.
1: Yes, it let's go. It's
2: coming. <laughs> spring ball on the way.
1: Uh, I think Utah State just announced their dates for spring ball. Talked to Blake Anderson a little bit last night. You know, Blake is... Was he at the game? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was at the game. And uh, he got mad at me because I usually send him a picture because they will... You know, Utah State will have a picture of the three officials and their names, and I usually will take a picture of that, send it to Blake, and then Blake will harass the officials so he knows their names. He wants to yell at them by their first name. That's awesome. And uh, so last night, he's like, where's my picture? I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to send it. And he was sitting there front row and just giving those officials the business. Oh, he's got He's, he's awesome. going to get a tech one of these times, and it's going to be glorious. He's
2: awesome. I know that uh, I know that I wasn't at the game, but do you think Danny Sprinkle would come on with us? Uh, I will make the
1: request. I know he's tired of talking to me, but maybe I'll just shut up and— uh, I'll tell you what. I'll effort
2: it. You'll effort it? Lloyd, do you want to handle this? But you're sure he'll come on? Even though I wasn't at the game, he'll come on? Because I can't even imagine that that'd be possible. Why should you have
1: an interview with anybody if you're not going to their game?
2: Why would anybody want to advertise their brand with a with the number one sports show? Why would anybody want to do that?
1: Heaven forbid. Heaven
2: forbid. <laughs> okay. I'm glad Danny will come on with us. We need to catch up with Danny. Yeah. We had Mark Pope on, was it a week ago? Uh, When was it? a couple weeks I think it's been a couple weeks oh has it been a couple weeks we
1: get him on on the the regular maybe get Craig on too we haven't talked to him
2: in a while get out to a BYU game and see if that'll get Mark Pope to come on with us
1: (laughs) I was like texting uh, I was texting uh, Utah when they were about to beat Arizona yeah okay cannot be ahead of this and to get him on, but I knew he wouldn't want to talk after a loss. Oh boy, you j- you jinxed it. huh? I, I might have.
2: Oh, I might boy. have jinxed it. Hey, by the way, there's a there's a undercurrent buzz of people saying that I'm trying to get Mark Durant's job because I sent out some videos of Khalifa and, yeah. and his exploits. I'm not trying to get anybody's job. I'm just putting together videos and you're sending just, it out. I'm just trying to do our job. I like working. And by
1: the with, way, Mark is untouchable.
2: Yeah, I like working with Greg a lot, but. And I don't think I want to sit there and, and call basketball games. I'm just going to put together some video because, you know, we cover it. I watch it all in detail, and there's things that catch my eye.
1: Wait Are you saying that you can cover a game very well from home?
2: You can. So the, the way it happens is you watch it, you rewind it, you catch the things that are interesting to you, and then you talk about it because that's your job.
1: Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So,
2: and you can do that very
1: well from home. Three o'clock straight up. JJ and Alex next. Just making Lloyd's life miserable. 97.5, the EKSL Sports Show.